Hello, race fans. How's everybody doing today? Thanks for joining us for another episode of Fear Not. This uh, this episode's gonna be good. I think. I think that you guys are gonna like what God's sharing with me. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited to be sharing about God's word and and what He's doing in the church at uh, the Taft Grand Prix. Uh, Dirt Diggers Grand Prix up in Taft, California, outside of Bakersfield. I love racing here. I love being at this facility. It's one of my favorites. And so I hope you guys like this message. It seems like it's already kind of been a crazy year this year. I don't know about you, but, but my life has been on full gas, full tilt, um, I don't even remember last time I used my brakes. I feel like I've been drinking through a fire hose for the last two months. And, you know, that's good. I'm grateful that I'm busy. I'm grateful that I have a job that pays the bills. I'm grateful for all the things that God's doing in, in my life and, and your life and, and those around me that we love. I feel like he's been working overtime in our life and and I know many of you have been facing quite a bit of sadness and, and stress in your life. That's okay. It's important to realize that we all go through stuff. And you are never alone in your suffering. Have you ever stopped to think that you were part of an eternal plan? That your existence did not start the day that you were born but you were in God's mind when he created the heavens, when he created the earth. I want you to think about that, to meditate on that, because nothing will make you feel bigger or smaller in that same thought. Ephesians 1, 3 through 5 says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. The thought that God had you in mind when he was making the stars. That he was thinking about how you would fit into his plans before you ever took a breath, before I ever took a breath. I love that. It makes me feel like I matter, that I'm loved, and that, and that my life was designed with purpose. But you need to remember, it's not just about you. It's about God's purpose. Every time it rains, we have the potential to see a rainbow. We humans, we love rainbows. Well, I do. I love rainbows. They are a reminder that God has made a promise that he will never flood the earth. But did you ever think that that maybe that rainbow is also to, also to remind God of his promises. 
because God looks down from heaven. He sees all on this earth. So he sees every rainbow. I never really thought of it as, as a reminder for God. But when I was reading Genesis, this is 9 through 12, or Genesis 9, 12 through 15, it says, And God said, This is the sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. I will remember. The great I am is saying, I will remember. For some reason, that, that touches me. That God uses signs and wonders for His glory, for His remembrance, for, for His reminders of His promises to us. It's kind of crazy that we normally forget the second half of that scripture. We just remember that, that He's making this covenant with us, that the rainbow is so that we see that He will be faithful. But it's also to show us that ultimately it is God's choice to remember that, pro that promise. Now, we are far from being an accident. All the circumstances of your life and my life, they were laid out. And when, when people tear each other down, when they tear other people down, when they tear you down, when they make fun of other people's plans and dreams, it's kind of like putting God himself down. What if our crazy friends and family that are, that are living their life the best they can are actually serving God? Actually fulfilling his purpose. I mean, we've got to remember that God chose us before the foundations of the earth. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now we're speaking of Jeremiah, but it is for all of us. No, I'm not saying you're all prophets. I'm just saying God has set you apart that God knew you before you were born. Before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. His timeline is not our timeline. It doesn't have a beginning and the end. It is continuous. It is lewd. It is always. It is infinite. And that means that God knew you were going to be part of, of his church from the beginning. It kind of gives me peace to know that God has included me in his holy plans. It can also be overwhelming to know 
that you have a part to play in making disciples. I mean, that is our great commission. That is what God created all of us to do. That is our call. Did you know that there are beings in heaven that are actually watching? That they are amazed at what's going on here on earth? They're amazed at God's plan. They're amazed at His sovereignty. They're amazed that He takes this web of this world and, and weaves it into our lives. Ephesians 3, 10 through 12 says, His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose that He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in Him and through Him. Faith in Him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. What God is telling us is that He wanted to show His incredible wisdom to the heavenly realm by, by showing them His church. That the cross that would destroy His Son is also what would unite the entire world. I want you to think about that. I want you to see that. Because that's a big deal. Thinking about the cross and, and this single moment in time that God has used to orchestrate unity to bring us all together. Francis Chan describes it as this, the grand reveal that heavenly authorities were anticipating has arrived. The curtain is drawn back and they gasp as they see God's church. Our little church or your big church. But it's a grand reveal. It's a master plan that we come together. And you're thinking, no way. Through the cross? That through the cross, through the death of Jesus, that, that every tribe, every nation has the ability to unite in one call, in one voice, in unity as God's church. I mean, that was the plan all along. God had to get us to a place where, where we, were, we were able to live with our brothers and sisters in Christ. They were able to have peace in, in groups, in Christ. That is the point of the church so that we can understand the life of a believer, so that we can understand heaven. Being together all the time. The sun never goes down because the sun is God. His radiance is what lights heaven. Do you see? Do you understand why it matters so much? Do you understand why we have to get it right? We've gotten to the place where we're treating churches as, as optional. 
probably because we've we've turned our services into a bunch of bling and lights and and just stuff that we don't really need. Once again, making church about the worshipers and not about the object of our worship. We've made church what we want it to be. Not what God wants it to be. Ephesians 3, 20, 21 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I struggle with church. I'm not going to lie. I prefer to be with you guys. I prefer to be out here. This is where I feel the most comfortable when I'm with God. This is my church. I struggle with the point of money and time and effort that goes into big, huge buildings and, and fancy sound systems. I mean, I couldn't... I couldn't understand some of the reasons why we make bigger and better churches. I mean, couldn't we spend that money somewhere else? I'd love that many churches are taking abandoned buildings and, and converting them into a house of prayer. That's awesome. They're using existing buildings and doing things to, to keep their costs down and, and to realize that it's not about this beautiful place. It's about this beautiful place. And that makes sense to me. I also like the thought of, of smaller home groups like, like us, where a few families get together and, and pray and sing and, and read the Bible. They share meals together and develop a very tight bond. The problem with that is that you have to have a plan to divide. You have to have a plan to, once you're too big for that one house, that someone takes it to their house. We can't hold in the truth. We have to share it. We have to make more disciples. We have to continue to share God's word. To love on new people, to encourage new people to come to church, to come to service, to come to Moto Church. It's about building relationships. If, if we're not making new disciples, if we're not inviting people into the truth of Christ, you're just enjoying the peace and comfort of a very close and, and hopefully spirit led group. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 says this, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all.
Unity comes from spending time together. This, this tight bond comes from you and I having a relationship. And that tight bond is the same thing God wants with his relationship with us. Part of me kind of wishes I was home this week at Ridgecrest because there's a huge revival going on. All the Baptist churches in Ridgecrest came together and they reached out to other churches in the valley so that we could all come together in prayer for our city and trying to make new disciples. We have to know who we are. If we're going to go out and, and try to reach the masses, we have to know who we are. We have to know who we are in Christ, what our job is, what our function is. We have to know how to study the Bible, how to pray. We have to ask God what our purpose is because each and every one of us is unique. Remember that it takes 20 days and one seed to grow a radish. But it takes seven years and one seed to grow a pear. We're not all the same. That, that is why there are so many churches. But we have to work stronger better together so that our message is the same. So that in Christ there's unity. Know who you are. Know the people around you. I mean, we've been teaching for years that we have this incredible freedom in Christ. And we do. But we still need to be part of the team. I mean, we have arms flailing, lips flapping, and ears that cannot hear. Because they're not connected to a body. If we're going to be fruitful in making disciples, we need to be connected to a body. We need all of us. All of us have unique gifts and talents. Romans 12, 3-5 says, For that by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober discernment, as God has distributed to each of you a measure of faith. For just as in one body we have many members, and not all the members serve the same function, so we who are many, are one body in Christ. And individually, we are members who belong to one another. We're unique, but we're the same. We have freedom, but we have power together. Volunteer. Get involved at your church. 
I can tell you right now, in most churches, volunteers are at an all-time low. A lot of these big, huge churches are going down to one service, or maybe two, because they don't have enough volunteers to be able to staff childcare, ushers, sound, musicians. There's not enough people working in the church, serving. I mean, we all have a job. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you went to a church where there was enough volunteers and, and everybody put their time in so that every person got to sit and get fed? Every person had an opportunity to, to hear God's word from a pastor or, or another leader at least once a month so that they got filled. We are all so busy. We're all so busy with activities in our life. And I know much of it's for God. I mean, I literally work 12 hours a day, come home, put on my pastor hat or team leader hat or father hat or parent hat, husband hat. I have a lot of hats. We all do. We all interchange those hats. Some of you are wearing the father hat, mother hat, spouse hat. You're, you're doing them all. But when was the last time that you personally unplugged? Where you personally took an hour of your day? Read the Bible. Prayed. Meditated on what you just read. Meditate on what you just prayed. Thinking. Waiting. Waiting for a response from God. God wants to speak to you. God wants to have conversations with you. That is how we get stronger in our faith. That is how we learn how to make disciples. That is how we learn how to volunteer at church. By spending time with Him. Unplugging. The Bible said God still speaks to us. The Bible does not change and God does not change. Genesis 9, 5-6 says this. It says, Then God spoke to Noah and said, Come out of the ark. You, your wife, your sons, and your sons' wives with you. God has always spoken to us. God has always spent time with his children. And since Christ came, you and I have the ability to have the gift of the Holy Spirit because of his death and sacrifice on the cross. God is now giving us His Holy Spirit when we believe. We have that direct connection, that direct plug-in to God by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
we are more connected to God now as Christians than, than ever before. I mean, Moses would have loved to have had the Holy Spirit. Maybe he wouldn't have stuttered so much. Maybe Aaron wouldn't have had to do the speaking. We can be plugged in. 2 Peter 1, 20-21 says, Above all, you do well if you recognize this. No prophecy of Scripture ever comes about by the prophet's own imagination. For no prophecy is ever born of human impulse. Rather, it's carried on by men influenced, carried along by the Holy Spirit. Carried on by the Holy Spirit. It's important for us to be mindful of that. It's important as Christians to be mindful that we have the benefit of God's Holy Spirit. We are not alone. He is always with us. Always a part of us. I want us to take time. Think before you react to issues in your life. Anytime I feel like I'm going to sin, I lately have been visualizing that Jesus is right there with me. Anytime I feel like I'm losing my temper, I visualize because He is. It's the part that I want you to understand. If you are filled with Christ if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ you are filled with the Holy Spirit and that means Christ is with you always there's nothing you can do that you can say hey hey God I'm going to put you down right here I'm going to go do this for a minute then I'll come back and pick you up that's not how it works He's with you all the time. He is in you all the time. It helps. Because no one with Jesus in their heart wants to hurt the one that saved them. If we remember the sacrifice of the cross, if we remember that single moment in time that is giving us the ability to have unity, that is giving us the ability to to let God's church be seen in the heavenly realms. If we remember that, we can strive to be sacred. We can strive to live holy lives. We can strive to show the world that we love Jesus, that we have been set apart, that we are different, that our life is not the same, that we have been changed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so humbled, God, by your presence in my life. 
I'm so humbled, God, by the actions that, that you steer me towards. That the people you bring into my life, God. Father God, I pray for that for my friends today. I pray for that for my family today, Lord God, that they, they live in your presence. That, Father God, we strive to find unity. That we find a church home. That we find some place that we can be together with other believers. Whether it be here in this group, Father God, or our home, in our local church, or, or in a small group. Let us bound together. Bind us by your sacred word, Lord God. Bind us by your son, Jesus. And help us, Father God, to walk in, in holiness. Help us, Father God, to look to you. I pray, Father God, for, for your safety, for all the racers today. And I pray, Father God, for your peace. Where there seems to be no peace, Father God, I pray for your peace. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, for taking a moment out of your lives to just hang out with us. If there's ever anything we can do for you, hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Team True Racing, www.teamfearnot.com. Drop us a note. Jsecond at yahoo.com. Love you guys. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.